is Eliza and I'm your host. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call. And if you don't know what that is, I am positive that you will by the end of this podcast episode. So today we're going to get into the topic of chicken and the reason why I'm so passionate about it and the why the why basically behind why I don't eat it and why I just don't think it's important for anyone's lifestyle. Before we get into chicken, uh, I just wanted to shout out anyone who is listening to the podcast right now. Thank you guys so much for continuing to just show your support. It means the world. Um, anything you guys can do to free share or promote the podcast helps more than you could even imagine. So anytime you guys screenshot, anytime you guys share on Facebook, share on Instagram, share with your friends, whether or not you're listening to this at work, maybe you send out a quick email. Um, I know that everybody's bosses are watching, but it's Friday. So, you know, what are you going to do? Do something crazy. Send it out to some friends who eat chicken, who maybe you, maybe you've taken it out of your diet. Maybe you've adopted slightly more of a plant-based lifestyle and it's really been beneficial for you and you want to share this information. So, um, thank you guys again so much for your support. We're always trying to grow the podcast, always trying to make sure that I'm able to provide you as much free content as possible. So, uh, you know, if you really want to give back support, like subscribe, share to the podcast, it's hotter than health. You can find it anywhere that you find podcasts. We're going to get into it today. Like I said, it's episode 58 and we've done a lot of these episodes where we, uh, talk about, you know, the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. We go through a lot of questions. We interview a lot of folks who, folks, I never say the word folks. I never refer to people as folks. We interview a lot of people. Um, I've had on Dr. Angie Sadegi. She's a plant-based, basically bodybuilder. She's a gastroenterologist. We've had her on here. She was one of my first episodes. We've had, um, uh, Tasty as Fit, Amelia, or <laughs> we've had her on here. We've had a number of different uh, advocates in this industry who are, you know, pushing for a plant-based lifestyle. And that doesn't necessarily mean being 100% vegan um, or 100% plant-based. It just means adopting more healthful habits as far as uh, adding in more leafy greens, adding in some more whole foods as opposed to maybe GMO chicken, uh, lots of meats to get your protein, you know, just getting creative, finding some other ways. And, um, you know, I know that there's going to be some backlash from this episode. I'm fine with that. You know, this is my platform. I can do whatever I want on it. But the reason I have this platform is to provide as much content as possible to what I believe is important and what has worked for me, what has worked for my clients. And this isn't, you know, necessarily name calling, calling anybody out. This is just what I would say to your face. So why not share it with everyone. It's taken me a while to record this podcast because I guess I just haven't had the confidence to do it because chicken is shockingly one of the most touchy subjects that I've experienced in this industry with any client that I've had, with anyone who's looking to transition, with anyone who, you know. So basically the reason why we're going to get into it. I'm not going to try and, uh, I'm not going to try and approach those topics. Um, I would also just like to shout out the fact that I am in my car and I have jerry-rigged the world's best setup. I have my mic in my uh, 
what's it called my sun shield and it's looking very good maybe I'll post a picture about this but I used to record a lot of my podcasts in my car and there was a lot of construction going on in my house today so I figured let's not mess with that let's try it in the car and I'm doing it and the acoustics are the shit and this mic episode this mic situation is really great for my posture so we're gonna keep going with that and if you didn't notice I haven't cussed yet working on that shout out Carson who doesn't listen to this podcast but if you know We're going to be starting with a few statistics and just a little bit of information on chickens and their mass production. And so I have a couple of different articles. I'm going to post all of this information in the show notes as soon as we upload. So let's get started with some of this information Um, looking right now. So this first statistic that I want to talk about is more than 9 billion chickens are slaughtered for food in the U.S. each year. And worldwide, more than 50 billion chickens are raised and slaughtered annually. So let that number sink in, right? That's a lot of chickens. And worldwide, more than 50 billion chickens are raised and slaughtered annually. So I know that's a big number to take down, but there are so many little small things that you can do, so many replacements. You know, if you're getting your protein from chicken, it's a complete protein, obviously. So things like uh, quinoa, chia seeds, um, black beans and rice do cover those essential amino acids. So uh, when people tell me that it is just such a great source of protein, easiest source of protein, all those good things, it's just, it's not really an argument anymore. And it's pretty much a moot point. There are just way too many options. So one other tidbit just about chickens before we get into this, and I'm not, you know, this is also unlikable to say, I am an advocate for chickens as animals. I truly am. But my number one is more just about the sheer mass that they are produced in and their conditions. So it says chickens are sociable, intelligent animals. Studies have shown that they're able to solve problems and unlike young children, grasp the performance or grasp the permanence of objects. So they understand that objects that are taken away from you they still exist. So uh, their natural behaviors include things like being in a stable group of 30 or so that employ a social hierarchy. So, you know, mother hen, that kind of situation. And their communal activities include scratching and pecking for food, running around, taking dust baths, and resting, which I just thought I would put in there because I thought it was cute. Um, And so one other statistic that I wanted to get started with, um, So I'm looking at a number of different articles right here and, you know, a lot of these keywords that I'm seeing are things like broiler chicken or free range or organic, non-GMO, factory farming. So I want to get these out there and just give a little bit of context behind some of these words that we hear behind chickens all the time. And we hear a lot of the times like, okay, yeah, I eat meat, I eat chicken, but it's all, it's all, um free range and it's all you know organic and there's no factory farming x y and z so i just want to get into that so this is going to be a lot of me reading articles but it is you know i'm taking bits from pieces that are actually written with fact behind them um so broiler chickens so many many people believe that chicken especially like the breast or the thigh, that kind of thing, is the healthier choice, especially when compared to things like red meat. Um, Chicken consumption has consequently risen 
over the past few decades um, as more and more people are saying, oh, we don't want red meat. Red wheat's not good for you. We're going to switch to chicken. All right. So uh, the birds raised for meat, which are called broiler birds by the industry, by the poultry industry, are a product of genetic manipulation that has drastically increased breast and thigh tissue, which are the most popular parts of the bird. And they're produced at a rapid growth rate that outstrips the development of their legs and their organs. So basically, they're turning chickens into not chickens. They're turning chickens into just meat. So uh, they're basically raised in a way to reach a quote-unquote slaughter weight at just six or seven weeks. So let me just give this to some perspective. You might say, okay, yeah, it's raised, and then, you know, they want to make the chest and the... the um, the breast and thigh super juicy and big and meaty, all that stuff in six or seven weeks. Okay, that might not mean a lot to you, but the death toll for that is super, super high. So in the 50s, before they put a bunch of bans on using um, hormones in chickens, uh, before when it was the 50s and chickens were being produced, they would have their slaughter weight, they would reach that weight after about 15 weeks. All right? It has now cut that time in half so that we could mass produce. So basically what is happening is they are pumping up the size. They're doubling the size of what they used to be and cutting the time in half. Tell me why that's natural. Tell me why you want to be consuming something that has been so genetically modified that it actually speeds the process of an animal growing, not just like feeding it more, but they're stuffing these animals with like GMO. Uh, yes, they might be saying non-organic, but they're stuffing these birds with different types of food. It might say grass-fed or green-fed, things like that. But the food that they're eating is still monocropped, which means it's being blasted with pesticides. So the food that you're eating might not be, you know, pesticide it might not be on a range on a farm with pesticides everywhere but what it's eating was raised with glyphosate and different pesticides that are completely carcinogenic so the food that you're eating is eating shit food and it's eating chemicals and it's eating things that can kill you so um going back to broiler chickens so broiler chickens again like we talked about those are the birds that are used primarily for their large breast meat and their large thigh meat so they're the most popular um those broiler chicken facilities tend to be extremely overcrowded with tens of thousands of chickens at a time um so sorry i lost my place it with tens of thousands of chickens in one single closed broiler house each chicken is given less than one square foot of space so there's really no visible floor space especially when you consider how big the chicken's body is over their legs so basically they're being shoved jam-packed into these little squares so it says chickens living in these stressful conditions will peck and fight at each other which has led to chicken producers uh giving a solution of de-beaking chicks shortly after they hatch in order to minimize damaging all right so the de-beaking de process which they take the beak off like much else in any other factory farming it's run like a assembly line so no anesthesia no nothing the chickens are pl placed beak first onto an apparatus that quickly cuts off the tip of the beak with a hot blade all right so it's just impossible in that atmosphere where these chickens are jammed together huge unable to walk because of their heavy bodies that are 
far too heavy. So imagine this. All right. Imagine this. Imagine a two-year-old baby walking around with the weight of a 30-year-old man. Good luck, baby. Enjoy having no legs. All right. That's it's it's not a humane way to live. So it's impossible in that kind of atmosphere to maintain health or cleanliness. The chicken's excretion pile is up. There's ammonia fumes. Uh, they become so strong that they burn the bir- they burn the bird's eyes and blindness results. So f- different ob- reports observe that there are different birds with what's called ammonia burn, and they are crying in pain all day long. So these birds are in constant pain all throughout the day, whether or not they have broken legs or extremities that are completely, you know, either malnourished or they are, you know, surrounded by death around them. So um, with 10,000 chickens in one of these crates, they're surrounded by chickens that reach um, sudden death syndrome. So they die super quickly because they're way too young. Their body cannot handle what's going on. So other health Other health problems include things like salmonella bacteria, which can remain on the slaughtered birds and so frequently cause threats to human health, the special chicken meat handling practices. um, They're invariably recommended by all health authorities, but again, it's how often do we hear about people getting salmonella? Like, it's not all the time, but I don't want it. So once the chickens have attained their slaughter weight, they're loaded into these crowded ass trucks that offer no protection for any type of temperature. So these birds could be getting hot as hell dying. So you have hot dying birds uh, surrounded by other birds that you're about to eat, um, surrounded by bird shit in their feathers. They haven't been cleaned. They go to a processing facility. Um, And so sometimes these facilities kill 8,500 birds per hour, 8,500 birds just in an hour. So just let that sink in. Um, first, the human workers will... St- and honestly, I'm, I'm going to cut this short just for a second. If you're turning this off because you're grossed out, because you feel sad for the chickens, then you should be listening. I'm, this just That's just how I'm feeling right now. So the human workers strap the live chickens into leg shackles. So picture metal straps being jammed around your legs and you're hoisted up to hang up in the air. Um, And then they're moved along a rail, which the birds will hang upside down as they move on to baths of electrified water, which stuns them. This is ostensibly for humane processes, purposes, in order to render them insensible before their throats are cut. So I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's basically just a high speed assembly line um there's always missteps the birds could not be completely desensitized so they might actually feel the cutting of the throat um sometimes it might be too low the voltage and then um the chickens might recover basically and then sometimes the blade might miss the chicken so consequently they're boiling them alive in hot scalding water and uh what i also wanted to touch on which is hopefully going to resonate with some of you guys chickens are exempt from the USDA's Humane Methods of Slaughter Act, which mandates that animals be rendered insensible to pain before being slaughtered. The Humane Society of the U.S. is one of the several organizations lobbying to obtain a requirement that poultry animals not be exempt from this legislation. So basically what they're saying is chickens are one of the only animals that can be alive while you kill them. Oh, which that doesn't actually make sense. But they have to, they can be present, they can be alert, they can be perfectly healthy or fine um, without any attempt at uh, 
at making sure that they don't feel any pain or anything like that. So I think that's pretty fucked up. So another thing that I wanted to look at, and this is coming from, what is this article? Uh, pbn.com or .org. This is a plant-based news organization. So um, there is an article that I found. It was just, you know, six shocking reasons that you should stop stop eating chickens now. And that's very basic of me. I understand that. But uh, I mean, it's written, it's out there. And a lot of these are based in fact that um, have been validated and verified based on studies. So feel free to check out the citations on here. Um, so basically when you're saying that you want to replace chicken with things like, or when you're saying you want to replace red meat with things like chicken because you find it healthier, maybe for cholesterol purposes. So it's saying, uh, many people swap out red meats to, you know, potentially have lower cholesterol levels, but, uh, some top based, top plant-based physicians, uh, Michael Greger, he was taking a look at that information and concluded the, the impact of beef on human cholesterol isn't necessarily much worse than that of chicken or fish, poultry or fish. So uh, it most likely wouldn't make much of a difference to your cholesterol. And the fact is, and here's, here's how I believe it, um, and this isn't in the article, this is just me, when you're saying that you're switching from red meat to chicken, it's because of whatever the reason is, cholesterol, heart, longevity, uh, moral reasons, whatever it is. So you're saying that you're switching red meat. People probably have red meat no matter what less than they have chicken, right? So even before they had this thought, they thought, okay, have like a steak or two a week. Maybe we'll have some ground beef once or twice a week. That's not so bad. What they're doing is replacing it. So they inevitably end up eating more animal products so they think that health, chicken is a healthier alternative. So in that sense, they're feeling protected. They're feeling safe. They're saying, I'm making a healthy decision, so I'm going to eat more of this. It's like going to the store and getting like vegan Oreos. You're like, well, since these are vegan Oreos, I can have a fuck ton of them, right? So that's not necessarily the case, not making it healthier for cholesterol purposes, because no matter what, the amount that you're consuming is probably going to go up. So um, it also talks about the slaughtering of birds, and I know that we are, uh, we just covered that, but I won't get into it again. Then looking at this, so I thought this was interesting. 90% of retail chicken breast, which are from those broiler chickens like I was just talking about, 90% of retail chicken breast is already contaminated with dangerous bacteria. According to media reports, tests conducted on raw chicken purchases across the U.S. have found that 97% of tested chicken breast samples harbored bacteria that could make you sick. The analysis discovered high rates of intestinal bacteria, including E. coli, um, probably going to butcher this, um, enterococcus, and salmonella. Awesome. Enjoy. So whenever you are looking at different sources of protein, this is a good time to do your research, reevaluate, because 90% of the time, if it's got any type of bacteria in it, any type of disease in it, I don't want to mess with it. Um, Then it goes on to say that uh, chickens are intelligent animals, which we kind of talked about earlier, so I won't repeat that. And again, like I said, I'll link all of these in the show notes. Um, But the next one is chickens are stuffed with cancer-causing arsenic. And I will go on, I will go on a limb and say a lot of the arsenic, uh, research that is out there. It was not an isolated incident, but the FDA did say that there were more claims saying that they um, they got whatever leak there was. They um, prohibited arsenic from being used. So now chicken is healthy. Um, 
but make that decision in your own mind. So it says the FDA has admitted that chicken meat is filled with arsenic, a highly poisonous chemical that is four times more toxic than mercury. The substance is given to chickens because it prompts quicker weight gain and less feeding, and it also enhances the pink coloring in raw meat. So when ingesting arsenic, it can lead to invasive um, squamous carcinoma, bowel illness, illness, basal cell skin cancer carcinoma, and liver, kidney, lung, and bladder cancer. So basically arsenic is a is a cancer-causing chemical that was used to fatten chickens up. So it is not edible. It is not a food source. It is not something anyone should be consuming. It's basically like, it's like putting, um, what you, it's like putting the inside of a cigarette inside of your chicken breast. So um, it says, although the FDA is trying to convince the public that chicken meat is still safe for consumption, despite the amount of arsenic found, experts have issued a warning about the responsibility of arsenic for fetus damage. So not only has there been uh, multiple studies with arsenic found in chicken in multiple different samples, like thousands of different samples, um, it is talking about how it was uh, extremely dangerous for fetus so think about it like this when they say when you're pregnant you shouldn't be eating raw fish and sushi because of the mercury just imagine if arsenic is four times more toxic than mercury and we're eating chicken on a daily basis what the fuck do you think that that like you think that's a good thing why isn't this out there the fact that this information is so wildly unknown and, and the fact that people don't want to know this information, people want to be blind to this, and that is fine. I'm not out here protesting against anyone's lifestyles, but I'm out here sharing some shit. Um, so another reason why maybe chicken isn't the best. So poultry industry has devastating in, uh, environmental impacts. So the slaughtering of birds on such a massive scale, and remember like the number we referred to earlier, 9 billion chickens every single year right? So huge scale. Um, On this huge scale with diseases, carcasses, feces, heavy metals, chemicals, bacteria, parasites, uh, pathogen cysts, and viruses, as well as just the amount of toxic waste and pollutants and water that is used for for the production of these mass chicken farms, it's becoming a serious threat to humans. We, I know that we've all heard that, um, you know, animal production in these mass quantities is affecting greenhouse gases and it's affecting our ozone and the the killing of animals and the animal product industry mostly the meat industry takes up more water than any other industry in the world so the fact that uh just us minimizing our animal intake or our um animal product intake by 50 percent 30 percent any percent is going to be huge. Here's here's what I think. Um, I think that here's what I get passionate. I don't want to hear, oh, I'm going completely vegan for like a week. I'd rather you make one small sustainable change a little bit at a time. I want you to say, I'm not going to have meat on Mondays. I want you to say, I'm not going to have eggs or I'm not going to buy chicken unless it's from my local farmer's market and I've met the farmer. I want you to see the chickens. You know, don't make it this limiting thing. You know, I also want you to challenge yourself to say, do some research. Um, You're saying, you know, chicken is just the cheapest. You know how fucking cheap beans and rice are? 
And when it comes to carbs, when it comes to things like that, I'd rather have a couple more carbs and less arsenic. How about that? So let's try and make those really small changes and try to adopt things like maybe adding some beans to your soup, maybe adding some quinoa to your stir fry for your protein, um, even switching over to a plant-based protein powder. That's huge. So um, let's get back into some of the reasons why maybe we're being misled. So a lot of the times I hear people, and, and this is not because people don't care. You know, a lot of the times people just don't know. And I know I come off really harsh on this episode, but I just get very lit up about this. Um, I just want everyone to know. It is, so a lot of people say, well, I buy free range organic. Um, So you're saying, okay, I'll switch to free range chicken. It's humanely raised or it's organic. In reality, factory farming accounts for about 99.9% of chickens raised for meat in the U.S., Even if chickens have been raised on a free-range and organic farm, the chicken often spends just as much time confined and crowded spaces as those conventional farms. All right? So here are some little cheats for you if you don't know what to look for on a label when you're looking at chicken. Um, Typically, if you're in the store, I, I wouldn't buy chicken. If you're at the farmer's market, maybe, that'd be great. I mean, not the, not that that'd be great. I still think that there are way better sources of protein as far as, like, um, your digestion and getting some fiber in there and fucking getting some real vitamins. But here we are. So um, getting some – when it says conventional chicken, that just means it's in a grow house where it's packed in with a million different other chickens. It's got antibiotics, vaccines, and it is either fed with soy or GMO food. All right? When you see that it says organic chicken at the store, it's still made in grow houses. They still have antibiotics. They still have vaccines. All right. When it says free range chicken, it's still in a grow house, but that grow house has a small door. It still has antibiotics and it still has vaccines and it can be fed anything. All right. So really the only thing that you're getting is with organic chicken, it has organic feed. Still all getting antibiotics still all getting vaccines, still all housed in these grow houses. And when it's saying free range, these houses can be just as small. Remember, like I was saying, how they don't have any rules against um, the humaneness of how they raise these chickens. There are no rules. So if you end up meeting a nice farmer who treats his chickens well, that is based on his own accord and his own moral standard. That is not based on a rule. All right. So there are no rules for chicken. They're basically just saying chicken is the same thing as like fucking corn. No personality. Right. Um, One thing that I thought was really interesting is when it says pasture raised. So that might look really great. That might say, wow, it was raised in this beautiful field with, you know, wild horses everywhere and it could eat worms and mice and and grass. And it was so happy. Pasture raised means there's literally no legal definition. Anyone can say pasture raised. Anyone. Unregulated living conditions may include antibiotics, may include vaccines, may include GMO, may include GMO, may include soy. So there's really no legal definition. Anyone can say it. And the fact that we're saying any chicken is no antibiotics. We haven't been able to have antibiotics in the chicken since the 50s. So that's a moot point. They just have nothing else good to say about it. So they're just going to slap on a label that's a, like a duh label. That's like a cereal box saying, this is cereal. Thank you so much. So 
those are just a couple of different things. Um, and I wanted to give you some of those facts before I get into just some reasons why I personally don't consume meat. So when I used to live in, what, what am I saying? It doesn't matter where I lived. <laughs> I used to eat meat. I used to eat, uh, steak I used to eat chicken I used to love it I mean it's not about the flavor you know you can dress chicken up you can make it taste like anything um I noticed that when I went completely 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 vegan like cut out all seafood cut out all um once in a while like if I had a bite of ice cream I would just want to jump off of a bridge I'd be like wow I'm gonna get cancer I just became so obsessed with it and a lot of this has to do with the fact that I wish I had known more about um, more about labels, more about less uh, inflammatory oils in my foods. I wish that I had known all of these things, especially when my mom was super sick. I just feel like that's my big reason. That's my passion is to tell people like if there's one thing you can do to make your body less inflamed and that's in your control, try to minimize what makes your body super acidic. So animal products like dairy, like eggs, like chicken, um, you know, any research that you find, you say like, why is chicken good for you? It'll say, because it's super easy to digest. That's compared to like super heavy red meat. You still have to cook chicken, which typically takes out a lot of the protein, nutrients, and things like that. You still have to buy it. It's still going to be mass produced. You still have all of these potential chemicals in it and you still have to cook it. A lot of the times you grill and that black edging, um, it's potentially carcinogenic in some senses. You're usually cooking it, you know, if you're cooking it out on an open flame, you're usually, you, there's usually a little bit of chemical on top of that grill. Like there are so many little things, but I just believe that chicken is such a cop-out food that we have so many better options for us that would add fiber to our diet that would be less inflammatory to our diet. Um, if you have like IBS and things like that, obviously, you know, beans are going to be a little tougher on your digestion. So you may have to get a little bit more creative. You may have to start looking at things like tempeh. You may have to start looking at things like sprouted mung bean, um, different things like that. There are options, you guys. I, it's just that this industry has become so huge that we cannot escape it and nobody's talking about it nobody's giving it the time of day everyone is going to chicken as the healthy alternative because that is the way it's been marked it's been um in every single commercial you see when a family is gathered around the di dinner table everyone has a chicken bait breast and then they have their a little bit of rice and then they have a bunch of broccoli or asparagus things like that because that is like the american food is a br chicken breast it just is and so I want to get behind the fact that we need to be changing up our norms. Every single client that I have had that has transitioned off of chicken into a more plant-based lifestyle, this is their decision. This is not mine. They come to me um, and we, we go through preferences. We go through different things like that. And these are made for healthy adults. These are not made for like, these are recommendations and helpful guides for people. So I'm not prescribing anybody a meal, meal plan. It's to help. And so, um, it's to help guide. And when you are looking at things like chicken, it is just, like I said, I, I can't really think of another word. It's a cop-out. It creates an acidic environment in your stomach. And my rule of thumb for protein is if you can cut it with a fork, probably not as hard on your digestion. So can't cut chicken with a fork. Uh, can't cut steak with a fork. Uh, typically can't cut like anything other than maybe salmon or some type of easy fish. So 
if, if we're coming from a digestive standpoint, you know, minimizing the amount of heavy, solid animal products that you have that are already decayed, you know, you want to be coming from a place of vitality and replacing what you have in you that may be dead, like a carcass of animal, um, not to villainize it, but at the same time, you know, we're looking at these with these diets and all these blue zones where people are living such a long time they have all this longevity um they've got great skin uh this amazing energy they've got no bloat and they're eating a primarily plant-based diet maybe they'll have salmon maybe they'll have wild caught sea bass once in a while i I don't know exactly what their diet is but it's more in whole grains more in vegetables more in uh, leafy greens and things of that nature. Um, so, you know, there's not a whole lot we can do about our external environment, but there are some things that we can do to minimize the mass production of these things, uh, of these chickens, so that we don't have to be reaping the negative benefit or the negative effects of this product. Um, so some different substitutes, like I said earlier, black beans and rice are amazing. If you're into tofu, you could do that. You could do tempeh. You could do... Um, there are so many different transition foods. I know that Beyond the Meat Burgers are super popular right now. Yes, they have some inflammatory oils in them, but if you're just transitioning and you have them once in a while, I think that's totally fair. Um, honestly, and I've said this before, I'd rather people have like a really high quality piece of beef than I would uh, a piece of chicken. We use less land. <laughs> so honestly, there are so many other reasons and I could take up you know more hours of this podcast, but most people that I have worked with who have said that they've eliminated chicken from their diet, they don't miss it. They don't miss it at all. If anything, they notice less bloat, they notice more energy, they notice that they're getting more creative, it's allowing them to get a little bit more fiber, so digestion is great, they're feeling fuller longer, um, it's allowing them to get more essential fats into their diet, and it's allowing overall a more nutrient-dense diet. So, again, um, may not be the most eloquent because I know I trailed off at a couple points and got a little tangenty, but I'm also, again, sitting in my car, downtown Charleston, lots of distractions, um, lots of people walking by, holding weird things, boom boxes, TC's right across the street drinking a 40, he's got some friends, I know we miss them, hey guys, so um, I appreciate y'all's time, and I'd love to hear your feedback, I'd love to hear your thoughts, what you're thinking about this, what questions you have, and again, um, I know this might not sit well with some people, but at the end of the day, there are so many other high-quality sources of protein. Um, we don't need to be putting these animals through the ringer, literally and figuratively. Um, these are animals, too. They they should have rights. Um, just because it's something that we enjoy eating and it's easy, it doesn't mean we don't need to be educated about the process in which they're being uh, created and raised and things like that. So make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast anyways um we're going to be talking more about ayurvedic medicine we're going to be talking more about uh doshas and a few uh, episodes down the line um i do want to have a follow-up episode about more plant-based recipes that are super hearty uh that you could be replacing chicken with so feel free to send in your questions again this is the hotter than health podcast episode 59 i was pretty scared to put this out there but you know I'm doing my best over here, just trying to live my life and educate. And I'll share these I will share these articles in the podcast notes. I hope you guys all have an amazing rest of your night. Happy Friday, everyone.